Um, at Angelus, we take a different approach where engineers themselves have to build products. They have to be their own product managers. They have to think about the uh, business and legal implications of what they're working on. Uh, that doesn't mean they have to do it themselves, but it's very much like running your own company. So welcome, Sumuk. Uh, really excited to be having this conversation with you. Uh, if you could just kick this off, uh, give us a sense of uh, engineering uh, at AngelList. Uh, you know, give us an inside view, and and then we can get into a you know deeper conversation. Sure. Um, so let me just start by describing AngelList on the whole as a company culture. Um, so first, we are like a very product-driven company, um, and that means we execute engineering-wise, um, legal-wise, and all of those operations. We kind of operate a similar philosophy. Um, and Angelus is structured very differently than other companies. Uh, in other companies in an engineering organization, you might expect to see a product manager, a tech lead, and a team of four engineers where they just work on specifications to fix some feature. Um, at Angelus, we take a different approach where engineers themselves have to build products. They have to be their own product managers. They have to think about the uh, business and legal implications of what they're working on. Uh, that doesn't mean they have to do it themselves, but it's very much like running your own company. Um, and so engineers here are more like founders uh, mm -hmm. than engineers per se. Uh, so I think that gives a nice high-level view of what engineering or just working at AngelList is like. Yes, it does. Uh, now, can you take take us through, uh, you know, again, an inside view again about how engineering, uh, you know, enables uh, different things inside AngelList and what is expected of uh, AngelList? What's your day like? How do you pick new things and how do you, you know, move on from the stuff that you have worked? How do you yeah. create things? How do you kill things? <laughs> you know, take us through all of that. Sure. Um, yeah. So like I said earlier, right, you, you have to very much think like a startup founder when you're thinking about like what to build. Is it worth building or not? Um, with regards to like how we figure out if something's worth doing I think we evaluate it in terms of the scope of our larger mission, which is to help startups. Um, and so we try and understand where, with like a business perspective, how this product might change the way we're doing things um, and whether it would actually help us fund more startups, whether it would help us um, improve the way we operationalize our own internal um, our own internal legal operations. We just kind of mm -hmm. think about the broad consequences and then we have to prioritize accordingly. As usual in like all startups, there's always more things to work on than there is time. So it just comes down to a little bit of prioritization on figuring out what to work on. Um, in terms of what engineering enables for us, we have some kind of unique problems at AngelList. So one thing people might not realize about AngelList is that we have probably what is one of the world's largest, if not the largest portfolio of startups across any venture firm. So uh, mm. today we've invested in over 1800 companies 
Um, and that's an extraordinarily large portfolio when you compare it to other, um, other venture firms. So mm -hmm. the kinds of things we need to do are just very different from, or at just at a much larger scale than other venture firms. And the only way we can really solve that without hiring hundreds of uh, compliance, uh, you know, compliance people is we use software to do that for us. So an example of a product we built is called Comptroller, and it basically tracks all of our startup portfolio, um, including valuations, how much we own. Uh, all of that information is basically built into a product. So, mm -hmm. and at a high level, what we're doing is we're taking this industry that was very old school um, and a basically a services business of venture capital, and we're trying to productize it. So you, we kind of build parts of venture capital as software um, as we go along. Hmm. Really interesting, Samuk. Uh, can you, uh, you know, can you do a deeper dive in what you are just saying in terms of, uh, you know, building a part of venture capital business, uh, you know, as as a software? Uh, you did illustrate it with an example, but if you were to look at an overall view, and they, you know, where does this stand in this whole man versus machine kind of debate? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let, let's get deeper into this and also give us a science fiction view of, of things and right. the, the stuff that you dream about. Yeah, I mean, like a sci-fi extreme of venture capital is um, you never have to talk to anyone about the company you're working on. It can This algorithm can automatically figure out what you're working on, whether it's going to be useful um, and invest automatically, right? Like that's that's one example of uh, taking it to the extreme. And there'd really be no people required at a venture firm. It would just need money, right? Um, that's one extreme. So we have to contrast that with where venture is now. And venture is still at a very early stage in that cycle. So you still have to talk to people uh, the operations process involved in venture is still very manual. So hmm. in our like, I wouldn't necessarily say we're even trying to get to a point where everything is automated. We're just trying to figure out which pieces of uh, venture we can automate. So uh, the example I was talking about earlier is what most people would call the back office operations of venture firms. Um, hmm. That's an example of where we think we can automate or use software to solve a lot of those problems. Um, and so I think what we're doing is we're just taking it piece by piece instead of just trying to go from the other end and try to automate it from the beginning. Hmm. And, and is there a data science view of things? Because I remember you you just talked about you know over eighteen hundred uh, startups, uh, and uh, it, I'm, I'm sure that's quite a lot of insights and data. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. So how do you approach the, the whole data science uh, or decision-making, uh, you know, with algorithms and software? Right. Uh, where are you on that journey? Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that we have lots of information about startups. Um, probably the largest, like, curated source about venture financing, at least. So um, when, when it comes to an automatic investing, I think we're not quite – we're not – thinking about that just yet. Like we're not 
we don't have all the pieces and I don't think anyone else does either to get there. But where we can use that data for is to help our investors. So we help startups find capital by raising online, but we also help investors uh, efficiently re- uh, invest their money and find startups that they um, would want to invest in, right, through syndicate leads. So what we can do is we can actually recommend uh, what might be good syndicate leads for them to back based on their track record of investing. Um, and we can also do the other way around. So if you're an aspiring venture capital angel investor and you want to build a network of investors, we should be able to uh, tell you who are the best set of people to become LPs in your fund. Um, so, yeah, we, we're kind of approaching it from how do we improve the state of investing from the perspective of an investor right now? And that's where most of our data science efforts are focused. Um, could it eventually be used to like automatically figure out investing? Possibly. It just seems like there's just a lot more value in making this process of finding uh, investors and backers more efficient. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. That's interesting. Uh, now, can you, uh, so can you also give a sense of like, if, if I'm a startup or if I'm an angel investor, uh, from outside, I, I, I interact with angel list. Uh, what kind of uh, uh, a chain reaction gets triggered uh, at, in the inside yeah. uh, when it comes to systems uh, and, and and algorithms? What really happens inside uh, when a startup gets on the platform or an investor starts exploring or even uh, investing in a yeah. startup? What goes inside? What goes behind uh, from engineering point of view? How how tough or easy it is? Sure. Um, so, yeah, we, we extract a lot of signals as startups use the platform. Um, one way a startup might naturally generate activity um, is they start hiring or they, um, you know, fill out certain fields in their profile. Like I'm a San Francisco based company in blockchain in the blockchain space or something. Um, and that helps us figure out what startups are really trending. Another thing that helps us is startups who use um, the, the platform can tell us what their most recent valuation is. And what we do is we turn that around and we uh, make that data available to everyone else to figure out what the average valuations are in some country. So you can look up all the valuations for Indian seed stage companies right now. Um, and that helps us get us a better sense of the market as well. Um, when it comes to like, if you're actually coming out in fundraising, a lot of the things that happen right now are manually triggered to some extent. So uh, let's say you find a lead investor on AngelList who wants to do your round, uh, invest in your round. That investor will go out and um, will invite some of his backers to invest in your deal. Now, because our our platform is mostly private, uh, there are some limitations on what we can do. So we can't necessarily say like, tell everyone that you that this new deal is available um, because it's a private network. Really interesting. Uh, I mean, since you mentioned Samuk, so I can't help but ask yeah. blockchain. Do you see any any future applications on that front when it comes to things that you do or? Cool. You do? I mean, yeah. There, there's potential for things like um, putting cap tables 
right? Cap tables are potentially a use for, for blockchains. When it comes to fundraising, um, it's, it's unclear what the immediate use of that is uh, in this space, at least. Um, the cap tables might be the most obvious choice, and other people have talked about it. I mean, we do have our spin-out company called CoinList, uh, where they're working on all kinds of products for blockchain companies. But uh, when it comes to our traditional, our like venture business, uh, the applications there are not immediate in the sense that there are so many other problems that we can tackle right now. Hmm. 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 Uh, can you also, you know, quickly take us through uh, the integration? Uh, you know, when it comes to a product, like, you know, a product hunt yeah. itself. Uh, from outside, we all watched it with lots of excitement a few years ago when it happened. I uh, no, no, I mean not yeah. many, you know, not long yeah. week. But uh, so, so how does that part uh, integrate with everything? Uh, and what do it, I mean, do, what does it really mean uh, when it comes to engineering or yeah. new products? Um, well, one thing that's super exciting about Product Hunt, and I love as a user of Product Hunt, is just the community. Um, that's something that has a lot of potential for everything we do at AngelList. Um, product Hunt as a product itself uh, is really useful for companies to find customers. And so if you think about what a startup needs, they need, they need to hire people, and we have an offering for that. They need to raise money. We have an offering for that. And with Product Hunt, we can help them find customers. Um, yeah, and so... The community aspect there is super interesting. There's potentially more work we can do uh, when it comes to like a community of investors or a community of startups. Um, there is more work there in terms of like what an actual integration looks like. So one thing we've done is uh, investors often want to hear about what's going on in their portfolio. And so we can actually tell them when one of their portfolio companies launches on product time. And on the other way around, Product Hunt knows a lot about um, new jobs that get posted on AngelList, and they can feature them on their site as well. So yeah, there's definitely some integration that has happened and will continue to happen. Uh, and Sumuk, uh, when it comes to picking uh, new uh, projects, uh, engineering uh, projects inside AngelList, uh, are there failures? And uh, you know, what kind of failures do you typically deal with? Uh, what I mean, of course, you won't plan for for a failure, but but uh, I'm just trying to understand the way things work uh, in terms of failing and 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 succeeding uh, and both equally. Uh, so so how does that happen? Uh, what's the mortality rate like for new things yeah. that you do? Um, yeah, well, lots of projects fail as always, right? Um, and that's generally a good thing, right? If everything you're doing is succeeding means you're probably not trying enough or you're not letting people try new adventurous things, right? So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to projects failing, I'll give you an example. So this was before my time, but we, the Jobs Act got passed in late 2012, I believe, um, or maybe a little later. And there was this thing called 506C. And 506C is for general solicitation um, investing. So there's a special accreditation process that people have to follow for those kinds of deals. So they have to provide evidence that they're accredited. 
Uh, and so that was a project we decided to do a few years ago to support that. Um, and we thought maybe this would be a big uh, space for us, or maybe it wouldn't. Uh, we weren't quite sure. And as it turned out, there just weren't that many deals uh, that met the requirements for that. So all the engineering time we had invested was mostly, uh, we thought was mostly a failure, but turns like four years later, uh, we looked at, uh, as we were doing these cryptocurrency offerings, we were able to use the same infrastructure uh, to power uh, our verification for those deals. So yeah, so I mean, it turns mm -hmm. out like it was useful. When it comes to failures, it's often like, we don't know if this will be worth it, but someone has a sense about whether it might be or not. And that's enough for us because uh, we don't need to convince everyone that it's a good idea. We just need a few people who think it's uh, good enough to for them to be spending their own time on. Um, but yeah, there are projects we embark on that we, we never finish because there's more important projects to work on. Uh, and that's just normal. I think we just don't get too upset about it. Hmm. <laughs> really interesting. Uh, on a more final note, Samuk, uh, you know, I, I was really like uh, the way you talked about how engineering works at AngelList and, and you said that, you know, it, it's like, you know, you are more like a, you know, entrepreneur or, or, or a product uh, manager or product lead uh, as such. Now, what are what are the challenges uh, when it comes to this kind of a definition of of engineering role? Uh, yeah. Of course, there, there's a lot of good clearly, and and I, I can see that from the way you were talking about products. But in your experience, uh, what what are the challenges as well when when you are expecting engineering to take this yeah. kind of a position? Um, well, for one thing, it requires a lot of time. So um, to be able to like spec out of product, uh, define it, talk to the, the necessary people uh, from different teams, that just takes a lot of time that you could be spending building other things, right? Uh, that's one aspect. So yeah, it takes a lot of time. The second thing is that, you know, once you own a project, sometimes you you go on and work on other things too, right? So, uh, and you're still the owner of the old projects that you've been working on. So that means you have, you're responsible for maintaining those as well. Um, and so hmm. that, that kind of debt piles on and it's okay for the most part, right? Like other, eventually at some point, other engineers will also start handling um, those the like maintenance load, but yeah, it's basically you're starting multiple companies and you're like responsible for each one to some extent. Um, yeah, so it's it's a little time intensive, but I think it's I think it's really interesting. Like it's also far more interesting work on things that are like not as well defined. I personally find that just very satisfying. So. Yeah, like you said, ups and downs, but on the balance, more up than down. <laughs> Good to know that. And and the final question, Sumuk, is uh, so how how big is the engineering team, and uh, what what is expected? Uh, I know we have dis discussed a lot, but still, what is expected of the engineering 
when it comes to AngelList overall and everything that that you do? Uh, what's what's yeah. the real mission um, statement like? Okay, so when it comes to engineering overall, I think we're we're probably the we're people who are expected to make decisions on whether products are worth building or not. And we're expected to collect input from everyone. And everyone obviously has ideas for what we should build. Um, and so we're expected to be the like kind of the gatekeepers of our own time basically and what our our product. Um, yeah, and so as it relates to AngelList, we we basically serve a bunch of people and we do so by building product. So we some some people focus on serving our compliance and legal operations team. Some people work with making sure our users are really happy. You know, like everyone has their own end user to some extent uh, in service of a greater mission, which is to help startups, right? So yeah, engineering. And so it takes a special kind of person to do that. Um, so yeah, we're looking for someone who's like, who can balance product needs and engineering needs and business needs. Um, and like, that's often a founder, right? So yeah, that's the shortest answer to your question is we're expecting founders. And how, how big is the team, Samuel? All right, how big is the team? So uh, when it comes to our venture business, which is investing in startups, right? So that's about five engineers total right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and the entire company is about 65 right now. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to like split it up, it's approximately like 20 on product on 20 on our talent product and 20 in our investing or fundraising product. Engineers. Yeah. Uh, no, those are just in total, the number of people. So it's oh. 20, 20, 20. Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. Awesome. And if you're wondering where the other people come from, those are um, either on our legal team or our analysts who uh, run run a lot of our deals. Great. Awesome. This really helps Sumuk. Uh, and I think uh, I, I really like the way you, def you know, described engineering at AngelList uh, because a lot of time, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I think it's also about not just the aspiration, but also the empowerment, uh, you know, or the entrepreneurial culture. Uh, yeah. Good, good to hear about that. Uh, Godspeed with everything that you are building uh, and trying cool. to achieve some work. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for talking.